0: everyone it's kelsey back this week to bring you the conclusion to our amazing grace story before we start i have to ask you all a favor please go to wondery.com survey that's w-o-n-d-e-r-y slash survey and fill out the 30-second questionnaire it would really help us out
1: stories podcast is brought to you by chase Millennials are skipping the starter home and buying more three- to four-bedroom houses than prior generations. This means a larger down payment. Until you save money back up again, you're temporarily house-rich. Chase can help you build up your funds again by saving you money over time. While other lenders incentivize the upfront transaction, Chase is there for you in the long run. They actively manage your mortgage over time and help you lower your payments or pay it all off faster. As a Chase customer, they'll save you money over time by showing you how you can lower your monthly payment. Chase, make more of what's yours. Learn more at chase.com stories. All home lending products are subject to credit and property approval. Rates, program terms, and conditions are subject to change without notice. Not all products are available in all states or for all amounts. Other restrictions and limitations apply. Home lending products offered by JPMorgan Chase Bank N.A. an Equal Housing Lender. Summer is finally here. It's time for beach days and barbecues, family vacations, and quality time with the ones you love. I don't know about you, but I don't want to spend a whole day getting my hair colored at the salon when I could be outside playing frisbee with my dog, but I also don't want to take a chance on a box kit from the drugstore. Now there's another option, Madison Reed. It took a strong woman to shake up the hair coloring world, and Amy Arrett did just that with Madison Reed, the company she named after her daughter. Madison Reed offers gorgeous, professional hair color delivered to your door for less than $25. What makes their color unique is that it's crafted by master colorists who blend nuances of light, dark, cool, and warm to create over 45 gorgeous, multi-tonal shades. Clients agree. With Madison Reed, you get gorgeous, shiny, multidimensional, healthy-looking, fresh-from-the-salon hair. But you can do it yourself at home. Get an expert color consultation or take the color quiz at madison-reed.com. And right now, Stories podcast listeners get 10% off plus free shipping on their first color kit with code STORIES. That's code STORIES for 10% off your first color kit plus free shipping.
0: And now, Amazing Grace, Every Creature, Part 3. There's a low rumble in the ground, as though the whole planet is quaking with excitement. There's a deep roaring, too, like the warning call of an alien monster protecting its lair. Neither of those are good signs. Grace sits up in a haze, her memory coming back to her in disjointed pieces, She reaches up to turn on her comms, but discovers she's not wearing her Dracoderm suit. A quick search shows that it's balled up on the ground, a few feet away, on the other side of the bars. Bars? Grace knows that's not right. There's something strange. Bars? Hexacorns? Crow? It all comes back, and she's on her feet, swaying a little as the last of the stun works through her system. The ground is shaking and roaring because Crow's cattle car ship is about to take off is about to take all of the hexacorns off planet to farm and steal their horns by the hundred. Chips! Chips! You gotta stop them! She yells, but she knows he can't hear her. She needs that suit. Grace presses against the bars and warms her arm through, reaching as far as she can, her face pressing against the dirty metal and her fingertips scrabbling in the rocky dirt, but it's too far. (laughs) Grace whips her arm back through the bars, her blood running cold, another hexacorn, and this time she has no suit, no stunner, nowhere to run. The hexacorn slinks out of the grass, its belly low to the rocky ground. The grass parts again, and a second hexacorn emerges. This one is smaller, its horns missing, and the empty sockets are sealed with chloroform. It's the mother and her pup. The pup sees Grace and runs forward, nuzzling at her through the bars with little puppy-like whimpers of excitement. Grace runs her hand over its muzzle, and it licks her fingers with a pebbly, snake-like tongue. "'Good puppy!' she coos. As the mother approaches, her footsteps heavy and horns held low. When the mother gets to the bars, she grunts, and Grace retreats to the back of the cage. "'Good mama!' she says. "'We're friends, right? Remember we're friends?' The mother backs up a few steps, her heavy foot pawing at the earth, preparing to charge. Grace presses herself into the bars and closes her eyes. The world is split by a deafening roar as Crow's ship takes off, launching itself upwards towards space on a pillar of inky black smoke. A second later, there's another roar, this one from the hexacorn as she charges, her horn slamming into the bars. Grace winces, expecting to be trampled and gored any second but it never comes. When she opens her eyes, the mother hexacorn is bowing again, looking at Grace with large, clever eyes. The door of the cage is in ruins on the ground. The mother hexacorn used her horns to rip clean through the bars. Grace is free. She bows back to be polite and then runs for her dracoderm suit. She turns on the comms and begins pulling it on. In the sky, she can still see the dark silhouette of Crow's ship growing smaller by the second. Chips, she hollers. Crow just took off. Get the Walden in the air and take out his rear thrusters before he gets out of the planet's gravity well and hits hyperspace. He's got the hexacons on board, so make sure you don't blow up the whole ship.
1: Precision strike with no notice and minimal weaponry,
0: says Chip sarcastically. Roger. A bare second later, Grace sees the Walden streaking upward from miles away. Crow's ship is heavy with cargo, but the Walden is meant for quick getaways and closes the gap like a hungry predator. Take the shot, Chips! Grace hollers. Firing! Chips says, and a lightning bolt of bright green energy crackles from the front of the Walden and arcs towards Crow's cattle car. Any thorough quotes about shooting down poachers with laser beams in a high-speed starship chase? Justice is sweet and musical, Grace snarls, and there's a great crunching bang as Crow's rear thruster explodes in a fireworks starburst of metal and flames. The poacher's ship hangs in the sky for a moment as its upward momentum fights gravity. But after a moment, gravity wins. The ship tips forward and begins to fall in a clumsy autumn leaf spiral, barely in control. The cattle car is making an emergency landing. Great shot, Chips, says Chips. Great shot, Chips, Grace says with a savage grin. Now let's go pick up the trash. She follows Crow's ship until it disappears on the horizon. Even then, she can track it by the thick plume of black smoke that is still futilely rising skyward. It's a few miles away at least, Grace realizes. By the time she gets there, the poachers may have already escaped. Unless she turns to the mother hexacorn and points towards the smoke. How would you like to get the men who did this to your pup? She's not sure if the hexacorn understands, but she must, because after a moment, she sinks to her belly. Grace approaches slowly, talking softly the whole time. Easy, girl, she says, gazing into her deep purple eyes. Do you have a name? I'm going to call you Violet, okay? Do you like that, girl? She reaches the hexacorn and ever so slowly climbs onto her back, holding on to a bony ridge at the base of her neck. What a good girl you are, she says. Now let's go get those bad men. The hexacorn starts to walk and then trot across the plain. her every step a thunderclap. As they ride, Grace leans down from her spot on the hexacorn's back and scoops up her stun blaster from where she dropped it in the grass. She's worried it's broken, but she twists it on as they thunder towards the poacher's smoking wreckage, and it comes alive with an energetic hum. How sweet the sound. load of useless corn herders crow bellows as his men inspect the damaged thruster you let amazing grace get the drop on us then you let her sack of screws robot friend shoot us out of the sky one of his men looks up from the ground where he's sorting through the ship's woefully small toolkit boss it's a cattle car it doesn't even have any weapons what were we supposed to do i don't want any of your blasted excuses Crow snarls, pulling out the ship's keycard and hanging it around his neck again. What I want is this ship back in the air before the law gets here. Do any of you want to serve five years in a hollowed out asteroid working on mining crew, breathing xentha dust, and sweating over magma drill all day? Cause that's the punishment for poaching. Now get to work! The men approach the burning thruster, but it sparks wildly, keeping them at bay. With a guttural hiss, it shoots out a spray of blue sparks and then goes ominously quiet. The air is heavy with smoke and smells like burnt toast. Boss, one says, she needs a new thruster. There's nothing we can do. Crow starts to swear and then stops, dropping to his knees and laying a palm flat on the earth. Boss, what are you doing? Be quiet. There's something coming, he says, and draws a cruel-looking red blaster. "'Hexacorn!' Crow shouts, and from the grass bursts Violet. Grace astride her back, towering over the poachers with her blaster drawn. The mother clears the flaming wreckage of the thruster with a single mighty jump and lands amidst the poachers. The Gorgonian rushes in, and she bowls him to the ground. Grace stuns three more with her blaster. You little ego job! Crow yells and swings up his deadly blaster to point at Grace's face. But Grace is faster. Her blaster catches Crow's hand, knocking him out and blowing his blaster into a hundred pieces that fly into the grass. As he falls to the ground, Grace leans down and snatches the keycard from his neck, snapping the thin chain. The other poachers look on helplessly, their weapons still inside the ship. Grace and Violet leap the wreckage again, leaving the stunned poachers behind. When they reach the rear of the ship, Grace jumps from Violet's back and runs to the cargo door. She slots the keycard, and a little screen flares to life. She's about to open the door, when she notices there's an icon for the neural inhibitor collars. Crow must have been running the controls through the ship. Grace types the command to disable the collars, and from inside the hold, she can hear a series of dull metal pings as the collars open and fall to the floor. That's when Grace realizes a flaw in her plan. It's a stampede! The hexacorns, no longer under the caller's control, thunder out from the belly of the ship, punching through the cargo door like it was paper. Grace has a second to act before she's swept under the angry tide. No other options available. She jumps straight into the air. Her suit, sensing her effort, assists with a small thruster burst from her boots, propelling her right on to the top of the ship. On the planes below her, it's madness. The hexacorns are in a frenzy. Some run off wildly into the plains, others snort and tear at the earth, but most have circled the poachers, closing in tighter and tighter with their razor-sharp horns. Help us, one calls up to her. They've pulled themselves on top of a broken piece of boulder, but some of the wilder hexacorns are already jumping up, trying to find purchase on the slippery stone. They've carried Crow and the other stunned members of their crew up with them, but it's clear they won't last long. From her spot of relative safety on the ship, Grace looks down at the poachers. It would be so easy to leave them to their fate. It's what they deserve. But she remembers what she quoted to Chips earlier, the simple wisdom of Thoreau. Every creature is better alive than dead, and she who understands it will rather preserve life than destroy it. She sighs and radios Chips. Buddy, I've got the poachers and set the hexacorns free, but there's a problem. The hexacorns have the poachers surrounded. It's only a matter of time before they rip them to pieces. I thought you said there was a problem. Chips replies. We gotta save them, Chips. I don't like it either, but every creature includes poachers. Let them serve their time in jail. Set down the Walden and load us up. There's a moment's pause, then Chip replies. I'd love to, but the hexacorns are all over the place. I couldn't land without hurting them or destroying the Walden. You're going to need to scare them away. And how am I supposed to scare away an entire herd of angry hexacorns? You'll think of something. You always do. The hexacorns have given up trying to climb the boulder, and now they're ramming it, making it rock back and forth, the poachers clinging on for their very lives. She needs to draw them away, but what could they possibly want more than the poachers? She gets an idea, one of her crazier ones, but they don't call her amazing for nothing. She runs over the top of the ship and swings herself down into the ladybug head cockpit. It seems to have survived the crash more or less intact. With the rear thrusters shot, it can't take off, but Grace doesn't really need it to. She punches the engines, and the ship growls to life. She eases the main engines forward slightly, and the ship begins sliding on its belly through the tall blue grass, the cockpit parting the blades like the prow of a ship cutting through calm water. She climbs back out of the cockpit window and on to the top of the ship. Behind her, the hexacorns have stopped circling the poachers, and they're looking up at the ship as it glides away. Please chase me, Grace whispers to herself. Please, please, please. A giant hexacorn lets out a bellow and charges after the ship, drawn by the noise and fire in motion. One by one, the other hexacorns follow suit. As they clear the area next to the poachers, Grace can see Chips bringing in the Walden for a landing. She lets out a cheer and then realizes she's trapped herself. With a herd of hexacorns hot on her heels, she can't exactly jump back off the ship. She'd be trampled before she had a chance to get away. She feels a moment of panic, but then she spots Violet running alongside the ship, just outside of the main herd. The language of friendship is not words, but meaning she says with a smile. The ship lurches violently under her, and she almost falls, but manages to hold her footing. She takes a quick three steps and then launches herself into the air, aiming for Violet as best she can. The hexacorn swerves to catch her, and Grace lands sprawled across the beast's back. Violet veers away from the herd and slows, allowing Grace to adjust herself into a more dignified sitting position. The herd of hexacorn continue chasing the ship as it slowly moves across the endless plains. It'll run out of fuel eventually, or the hexacorns will get bored. Either way, better to hurry. She guides Violet back to the Walden with gentle pressure from her heels. Why, you're nothing but a big pony, she says with a musical little laugh. Violet gives a very unpony like grunt in response. She gets back to the group of poachers just as Crow is waking up. He glares at her with hate in his eyes, but the other poachers stare at her in awe clad all in her silver dracoderm, riding her hexacorn steed. She levels her stun blaster. Now, you can go to jail, or I can give you to Violet here. The choice is yours. Crow's men fall to their knees, their hands in the air. For a moment, it appears Crow is about to do the same, but he springs suddenly forward. In his hand is a hexacorn horn knife, long and deadly. Grace is so surprised that when she fires her stun blaster, she misses completely. Luckily, Violet doesn't. Her horn punches through Crow's hand, breaking his knife in two. He bellows, jerking his hand free. Now listen up, Grace's voice is a whip crack. These hexacorn are under our protection. Behind her, the Walden lands softly. Now are we getting in the ship or not? Violet has five more horns and I'm pretty much out of patience. Grace's stun blaster trained on their every move. The poachers carry Crow into the Walden where Grace locks them in the cages she keeps on board for transporting wild animals. A short flight later, they're back at Magico, and President Horatio is locking them into cells that are only slightly more official, deep in the belly of a guarded building. I don't know how you did it, Grace, but I'm sure glad we called you, Horatio says. I've transferred the credits to your account, and I've instructed the boys at the landing pad to see that you're stocked up with supplies. I only wish there was more we could do for you. Just make sure the Planetary Partnership picks these boys up soon. They're due for a good long stint on the asteroid mining prison. Crow snarls in his cell, cradling his injured hand. You haven't heard the last of me, amazing Grace Green. Next time, I won't be taken so easily. Grace smiles an impish little smile. Thoreau himself said the savage in man is never quite eradicated. And that's what you are, Crow, The savage. And maybe you and your kind won't ever be quite eradicated, but us good folk will always be there to keep you in line. Remember that, Defon. Grace and Horatio turn and walk back into the sunshine. That night, after Grace says her farewells and the Walden is loaded up, she takes a short walk to the grass at the edge of the town. Violet, she calls softly, are you here? There's a snort in reply and the purple-eyed hexacorn and her pup emerge. The pup nuzzles Grace affectionately, and Violet comes close enough to give her a single, gentle lick from chin to hair. Grace giggles and gives the hexacorn mother a hug. I couldn't have done it without you, girl. The hexacorn grunts again softly, and pausing only to prod at her pup, disappears back into the grass. Back in the Walden, Chips is prepping for launch.
1: Where to now?
0: he asks, his mechanic hands whizzing over the controls. Let's check the old drop boards, huh? Grace taps on a keyboard, and two separate blocks of text and images scroll up the screen with a series of chimes. Looks like we've got a Tribble infestation on Jarno, or a distress call from the rangers at the Tundrondo outpost. Last time we dealt with Tribbles, I was finding them in my gears weeks later. Tundrondo it is, Grace says, punching in the coordinates. Now hold on to your rotors. The ship blasts into the air, a new star in a sky full of stars a bright and shining beacon to all those who live in the black depths of space where starships travel faster than the law and bold heroes eke out livings with the sweat of their brows and the triggers of their blasters. This star, this girl, is dedicated to protecting the universe and every creature in it. She is Amazing Grace, Princess of Space. The end. Thanks for listening, everyone. Today's story was written by Daniel Hines and performed by me, Kelsey Lee. Remember, to help out the show, please go to Wondery.com survey. That's W-O-N-D-E-R-Y slash survey and fill out the 30-second questionnaire. You can also find the link at storiespodcast.com. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.